thank you for what you're going to share through this word today. And I give you praise and I give you honor on how you're going to move. And we glorify you and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Title of the sermon today is When the Odds Are Stacked Against You. Anybody in the house ever been there? If you're not, you lying and hit the altar. When, you, when have there ever been any odds that have stacked against you? Let's go to Isaiah chapter 66, and I'm going to give you a scripture here. Now, you're going to have to really chew on this, and thank God for us recording it so that you can go back and listen to it, but it's, uh, and I'm going, to, I'm going to also pull it up on my phone because I'm going to give it to you in the English Standard Version also. And we'll have just a little bit of a study here today because I think this is going to really help you. I really think it is. Say amen. You believe it? I do. All right. Let me, let me get to it here. All right. And here's David. No, I don't want to do it that way. This is the way I want to do it. Okay. Here we go. And it's starting at verse 7. Before she prevailed, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child. Before she was in labor, she gave birth. Before her pain came upon her, she delivered a son. I'm sitting in a Bible study in Winston-Salem with the team down there the other day. And Chris Reeves, who is uh, Bobby and Jennifer's uh, son-in-law, read that scripture. And I thought, I don't get that. I looked at him. I said, tell me about that. I said, to the fact is that before the pains began, before before the labor came, she gave birth. And before the pain was there, she delivered a boy. And I began to think about that, of of Isaiah prophesying about a day when the victory would come easily easily for Jerusalem. I've shared this with you before, and and it was on on one one of John Sandy's uh, music shows, music that inspires on the radio station. And I was sitting there listening to it, and it said that we're in a battle that's already been won. It's like I've won the battle, it's like I've fought the battle that's already been won. And I'm thinking, that doesn't make any sense. Because what I'm wondering is, why is the church fighting when we've already won? Now, many of you will argue with me, and that's okay, about this, that there, are, there is a demonic stronghold in Braxton County, and that there's, uh, the demonic is, is here and you know, is doing, and the spirit of tradition and, and all that is here. I don't care. You know why I don't care? Because it doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect the church. You know why? Because we're the church. We can blow past every demonic devil that tries to interfere. When I was um, <coughs> several years ago, you know it's been about six weeks since I preached. I 
about six years ago. I saw, I had a vision. And I'm not one of these guys that has visions. I have a vision of what God gives me, but to actually go out of myself and to have a vision, I'm, uh, that's only happened to me two different times. And so, what I saw in, in this vision was I saw this, this cage. It was dark and it was caged. It was a cage. And what I saw within that cage was a beast that was chained. It, was, it, it almost looked like it had scales that were on it. But it was caged. And it was mad. I remember that. I think I told Barb about it. And, and it was mad. And it was pulling and it was tugging and it was just fighting within itself to get loose. About six months ago, I'm driving to, Christy and I are driving to see our son in, in Georgetown. And I'm driving and I had a vision. I had a, a vision of another beast similar to the one that I saw six years ago. Same kind of cage. It was dark. It was chained. And it was sitting there, chained. Scott, I can hear it breathe. I heard it breathe. Now, you got to remember, I'm saved a Methodist here. Filled with the Holy Ghost, speak with other tongues, absolutely pray for the sick, blah, 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 all the way down the food chain. But I'm not the guy that has visions. And I had this vision. This one wasn't fighting. He was sitting. He was chained. And I, to this day, can hear it breathe. And when I came back to myself, now you think of this, I'm driving. I literally came back to myself, just like in the movies, and I looked at Christy and was wondering where I was, because I had been to that spot. We are continuing to capture the demonic and shutting down the strongholds that are in Braxton County, that are in Putnam County, that are in West Virginia, and soon to be in Winston-Salem. Now, you may not think we are, but we are. 
And there's many more that we will capture, and there's many more that, that, will, that God will chain up, <coughs> and we're going to see victory take place. It was the eeriest sound. But it's not much different than today. Within your life, and your addictions, and your fears, and your struggles, the problem is, is they're not chained. They're loosed, and you're allowing them to be loosed. You're allowing them to intimidate you. You're allowing them to, and you need to tell them to shut up and chain them up. Because you're the church. The most powerful identity that cannot be destroyed. You're the church. <clears throat> the odds do not have to be stacked against you. <clears throat> but the odds are against the demonic. You don't tell, the demonic doesn't tell you what to do, doesn't tell you what to click on, doesn't tell you what to snort, doesn't tell you what to drink. <coughs> you tell it what to do, and it has to bow. <coughs> it has to. The Bible tells you and me that we have dominion over the enemy. <clears throat> Isaiah is prophesying today that victory will come easy to Jerusalem, to where there's no birth pains, but to actually where it will become easy and you will plow through and have victory in your life. How many times have you ever tried to do something and it, was, and it was hard and then you prayed and it became easy? Something that you thought was going to be difficult changed and became easy. That's God making a way for his children. He doesn't want you to worry about money. He doesn't want you to worry about finances. He doesn't want you to worry about the task. He wants to take care of those things so that you can work for him. That's how it works. He doesn't want you miserable in ministry. He wants you prospering in ministry. He wants you to prosper in your business. He wants to prosper you want you to prosper in your family. Failure should not be part of the equation for God's children. Now, I can't stand up here and tell you that there haven't been times in my life that I've been visited by the enemy of failure. But when he comes to visit, doesn't mean you have to invite him in. You kick him out just as quick as he got there. Because let me tell you something, he's going to come and visit. But that doesn't mean that he has to occupy your space. 
Because you're healed in Jesus' name. You're whole in Jesus' name. You're debt-free in Jesus' name. The question is this. When is victory going to come, become easy for you? Say now. Now. You know, we're at, we're, if uh, Evangelist Scott Means is with us today, and if, we, if you haven't heard his th- Thursday podcast, we're at 59 and a half. The only thing that the church really needs to do is get people in, and then there may not be time enough to have a new convert class. It may be that quick before the coming of the Lord. But the question is, where is the victory for the church? Where is the victory going to come easy for you? Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Church, I'm at a place where there ain't no nothing but leaning. I've got no understanding on me. I have to rely on Jesus. I have to rely, and some of you all may be believing God for your car payment. I'm believing God to launch a campus to reach thousands in Winston-Salem. I'm believing God to do big things here and pay this building off. But not only that, I'm believing God to fill this thing up with souls for the kingdom of God. And you're believing with me. You've caught the vision. You understand So we have to trust in the Lord with all thy heart, not just a little bit of it, but all thy heart, and lean not on thy own understanding. And verse 6, and in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Then if you look at Isaiah 45, in verse 2, it says, and I will go before thee and make the crooked path straight. He says, I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut it sunder and the bars of iron. You have the King of kings and the Lord of lords making a way for you. (laughs) Stop helping him. He doesn't need your help. I began to look at the crooked crooked paths. The world today that we are in and the church today has almost become perverse to where you have to drop the name Christian and say, I'm a follower of Christ. It's almost like the name Christian, Connie, has become liberal. Seems like everybody's a Christian. All these people who die, you know, they, they well, they're looking down on us. and They live like the devil, but yet they made it to heaven. Really? Is this helping any of you today? Thank you, Jesus. I've seen it. Man, I tell you what. I've gone through those sleepless nights and said, God, I don't, I, I don't see it, but I trust you. 
I don't see it, but I trust you to know that you're going to move. If you look over in Numbers chapter 13, I'm just going to hit the highlights. Talking about the spies that, exp- uh, that are exploring Canaan. Now listen to this. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, verse 2, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Stop right there. How many times have you blowed by this one? Send some of the men to explore the land of Canaan, which I have given unto the children of Israel. He gave it to them already. What has he given to you already? And you don't see it. What has caused you to be blind spiritually to where you cannot see the promised land? Let me ask you something. How many of you stop right there? You stop at that spot where he says, send the men and search the land. You stop with an idea. You don't go past the idea. There's many of you all that are sitting on ideas that could say, set the captives free. There's many of you that are sitting on ideas that, that could literally save people. You're sitting on ideas because you can't get past the searching part. People say, well, all you need to do is take a chance. You don't have to take a chance with God. You don't have to gamble with God. (coughs) You got to know what he's saying, and then you do it. Send thou the men that they may search the land of Canaan, verse 2 again, which I give unto the children of Israel, And every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, each one of the ruler among them. Let's go to verse 17. And Moses sent them a spy out of Canaan and said unto them, Get ye up this way southward and go up into the mountains. Verse 18. And see the land, what it is. And the people that dwelleth therein, wherewith they may be strong or weak or few or many. I can relate to that. I can totally relate to this. Eric Payne calls me, he says, Gasaway Baptist wants to talk to you. We're tight in Mud Fork. We come and meet with them. They offer us a deal on this building. 
And I said, well, pray about it, and I didn't see it. Eric calls me back. He says, you hurt their feelings. I said, what do you mean I hurt their feelings? He said, you hurt their feelings. They expected you to take it. And so we met again. Still no deal. Third, third time, third trip. We arrived at a, at a deal that we could get. You know, Joel Osteen's been through a horrible situation down in Houston. And God bless them, and, and, and he takes a lot of heat, but I like him myself. I always have. But, you know, the thing about it is um, that was a sad situation. When they were trying to get that building... There was, one of the, there was one of the people, one of the powers to be, that was sitting in that meeting and looks at him and says, over my dead body will you ever have this building? That fella died. God will part hell and high water for you if you'll trust him. Now, I got to tell you, Brother Scott, Trust Street is vacant because what happens is in this world, we make decisions on what we see, and we've got to quit that. We have to quit it. When I went to Winston-Salem on a tour of looking at buildings, and once we figured out that that's where God wanted us, um, you know, to be, then we started looking at buildings. I drove around with Jerry uh, Campbell Campbell, uh, for two or three hours, just he and me, and he was taking me around, showing me this church and that church. And we got to the John 3 Center where we're we're actually going to be, and, and man, I began to look and how huge and how big and, and, and I started, whoa. And then, then, you know, all the people were saying, well, you know, but it's this and it's that and it's this and it's that. And wow, that's probably going to be expensive. Wow, you know, I don't know if this is the right place, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. I come home and I'm praying and that's the only place that made me happy. Out of all the f- places that we looked at, that, is, that was it. do you know the Holy Spirit will tell you that's it you know the Holy Spirit will tell you where it is brother Scott's going to put his tent up in St. Albans soon why because that's it Moses sent the spies in verse 17, like I said before. He sent them southward. Verse 18 says, And see the land that which is, and the people that dwell therein. Basically what he's saying there is size them up. And when the land, and what the land is, 
that dwells in, whether it be good or bad, and the cities they be and that they dwell in, whether in tents or in the strongholds. I want you to know I can read, but this stuff's not easy. And what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether it be of wood therein is not, and be ye of good courage, and bring the fruits of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. So they go, and they come back, verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people. Because the people were making excuses. They were saying, oh yeah, it's the land of milk and honey. It's an awesome place. But they're bigger than us. Caleb said, he stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up and possess it, for we will be well able to overcome it. Verse 31, but the men that went up with him said, well, be not, it's like we will not be able to stand against the people, and they are stronger than we. Can I tell you something? There's nothing stronger than you. Nothing stronger than you. Because you're the church. And you can overcome anything. You can plow through anything. Be careful who your counsel is. Because your counsel can keep you from your destiny. It almost kind of reminds me of that, uh, I referenced earlier today that a... Um, a Looney Tunes cartoon. But, but I can picture, I can't remember the one, uh, the one cartoon, but it, it's like the uh, only thing the guy could say was, but, 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 but. You need to take the but and the comma, Kelly. She knows where the comma goes. But you have to take the but and the comma out and press through the sentence. Verse 33 says, and, and there we saw the giants and the, oh, it was just awful and we were like grasshoppers and, oh, there's just no way that we'll be able to do it. Because of this, Caleb had the vision. God 
already told Moses the land that I give you. And because of their disobedience and doubt, it cost them 40 years of disobedience in the wilderness. Let me tell you, some of you are in, and some of you watching, are in the wilderness because of your disobedience. Because you won't pull the trigger on it and do it. So what's stopping you? Well, I don't have the money. Let me hear him. If, if you only knew, if you only knew the, the shoestring budgets to launch church campuses really is. I have committed to things because the Lord spoke to me to go ahead and do it and he said that he would make a way. Jim Wright, Pastor Wright told me one time, he said, never let money keep you from God's vision. And when it's time, God will put the people there to help you. So what's stopping you from kicking the addiction if you're this powerful in Jesus? What's stopping you from starting the business or the ministry that God has spoke to you about for years? What's stopping you? Let me tell you something. Can I, can I tell you? I'm going to tell you something. This past year, with all that we've done with daycares and all God has allowed us to do with daycares, we have spent over $40,000. $40,000. And guess what? It's now coming back. $5,000 today. In the mail for the daycares. Almost, almost $5,100 today. I didn't expect it. And I'm not telling you this and tooting my own horn. I'm telling you who God is. And now what I'm finding out, and I got something that's bugging me. And I don't know what I'm going to do. But I'm thinking about it, and I'm talking to Jesus about it, and some of you all already have visions about it, and I'm not saying that it's tomorrow, I'm not saying it's the next day, but I can tell you something, we're already housing in daycares foster children. We already have foster children in our daycares, and I'm thinking, oh God, What if we could have a house? What if we could have a building? 
that can house teenagers and young adults and people who need Jesus and have been kicked out of home and home and home. Don't have a father figure. Don't have a mother figure. I don't know what God wants to do with that. But he's got my attention. He's had Barb's attention on that a long time. See, what do you have to understand? This ain't the John Fowler show. It doesn't always have to be my idea to do something. But now I will tell you this. If God's giving you an idea, I'll help you any way I can. But I'm not going to do it for you. But can you imagine having a place to be able to help foster children? It's bugging me. It's starting to bug me. Well, how much is that going to cost? Can I tell you something? That's not my responsibility. Can, I, can you hear me there? It's not my responsibility. It's not my responsibility. It's like, okay, God, if that's what you want, we'll do it. You know what? If Jesus tarries, I hope I live a long time. And let me tell you why. Because I want to see you guys do your stuff. I don't want to have to look down and say, oh, there they are. I want to see you. I want to see you work in your calling. I want to see you do what God has called you to do. I want to see you work for the kingdom of God. And to see the ministry that God's called you to do. So what's stopping you? The daycare was a vision of 1989. I did nothing with it till three years ago. And it failed twice. Trying to open it, it failed twice. People were telling me, don't do it again. Don't do it again. Family was telling me, don't do it again. It failed twice, it's probably going to fail again. Don't do it again. I said, no. I said, I got to try it one more time. And God made a way. How many times have, have you said to yourself, I'm not going to do it again because it failed? When you look at Philippians 4.13, it says this. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. At Romans 8.37, nay, though in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. So my question to you is, what is keeping you from going into the promised land? Well, if it has anything to do, which is what kept them coming into the promised land, was disobedience. So my thing is this, are you being so disobedient that your your blessings are right there, but you can't see it? 
Because you're letting circumstances drive you. Now I get it. I've had my moments with this place. I've had my moments with the Pulse Church. I've had my moments by saying, God, I don't think it's going to make it if you don't do something. I've been there. And I have bugged him to where he knows my name. God, we got to have some help. And he always makes a way. Always he makes a way. So what is keeping you from the promised land? Are the giants too big in your life? Is the money too much that you can't believe for it? People say, well, oh, if I could just win the lottery. $240 million, I think, is what the sign said when I was driving up here today. Maybe more. My God has more money than West Virginia in the lottery. I don't have to buy a ticket. I mean, if you buy a ticket, just tithe. If you win, just tithe. We just want your tithe. I won't criticize you one bit for buying a ticket, but just tithe. I'm not telling you to go buy a ticket, but I'm telling you just tithe. <laughs> it's going to be too hard. I'm too old, too sickly. I can't do it. I don't have enough help. I don't have enough people to help me. You're making up excuses, and they're not God's excuses. They're your excuses. Are the giants in your life too big for God? Because you know what? That's what doubt is. Doubt means that you don't trust God. You don't trust him, so that's why you doubt him. <coughs> so what if the giants are too big? God will level it out for you. So what if it's too much money? God will find a way. Because what you have to understand is he's already given you the promised land. And I'm not preaching false doctrine, I'm telling you. He has already given you the promised land because you're the church. It's going to be too hard. Remember what I read to you just a minute ago? Before she was in labor, she gave birth. Before her pain came, she delivered a male child. Some of you ladies that have had children, you probably think that scripture's hogwash. And I've been in the delivery room, and I, I can't say I can relate, but I've seen it. Well, I can never do that. There's just no way I could do that. Do you know that 
when we took the pews out of here, I put them on Facebook Marketplace yard sale, or yeah, I think that's what I did. And you talk about heavy. Those pews are heavy. But nobody should sit in their own pew. So then we got rid of them. We started getting chairs, and people started handing me money for chairs, and we were buying chairs, and we were getting all kinds of chairs, and God made a way. I was at an auction in Ripley, and there were a bunch of chairs up there in this church that, that bellied up, and we bought all those chairs for Winfield. For less than $5 a piece. I had people coming up to me. Andy was there. Megan was there. And we had Jay Mace on the phone many times because, you know, we knew what the budget was. And Andy was buying what he could. And, and you know, and then the thing about this, I had people coming up to me. And they were saying, well, you, you got most of those chairs. Can you just go ahead and buy ours for the same price? Because we wanted more but you got more of them, and so we really don't need these. Can you go ahead? So I, I, we get Jay on the phone and say, Jay, we can have all these chairs. He said, let's do it. You, you, you look up these chairs on how much they are. We got them for less than $5 a piece. God makes stuff affordable. Let me tell you something. You are going to have to rely on Jesus to get you there. I sit in a room, Christy and I coming back from Florida, and I sit in a room with eight people. We're eating Domino's pizza, catching up. After a discussion of at least four years about Winston-Salem. Pastor Jay Mason and I have known each other for over 30 years. We were in Lamaze together. That's a hockey-fluting word. When their son and our son, we're in Lamaze together. Teaching our wives how to breathe. And bad thing about it, Tim Morse was in there too with his wife. It was comical. God puts people in your path to get you to your destiny. I would have never thought. Now, <clears throat> Barbara and I have known each other for many, many years. Before God spoke to her about not marrying, of course, her last boyfriend that she had, I understand. <laughs> Jim Moore. Jim Moore played guitar for us. And Barb and him were going out. And she would come and hear us sing. And she'd been at my mom and dad's house. And we'd sit around the table and talked. And. And I lost contact with her. 
And she walks up to where we were sitting at Mud Fork. I didn't know she was up here. I've known Barb for over 30 years. My accountant calls me one day and he says, there's a man I want you to meet. His name is Scott Means. He said, I want you to meet him. He said, he's got a lot of the same vision that you have and you need to sit down and talk to him. I said, okay. Carlos Taylor calls me the same week. He says, I want you to meet somebody. His name's Scott Means. Same week. I said, okay. I called Scott Means. We went to Cracker Barrel the next day. Never seen him before in my life. Now he's doing a podcast on Thursdays, reaching people like crazy. God will put people in your life. Winfield wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for you all. Winston-Salem wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for you all. And you're saying, well, God can work the equation. Yes, he used Gasaway to launch, uh, uh, to, to, to launch Winfield. He used Gasaway to launch Winston-Salem. The blessings are coming. The blessings are here. There is no limitations. And I may have to go back and listen to my own sermon in six months. But that's okay. Because I may need to hear myself in six months say, hey, there are no limitations. There are great things in store for you in your ministries. What God wants you to do and how he wants you to do it. In Jesus' name. Stand to your feet. And there's no addiction too big for God. There's no financial struggle that's too big for God. There's, there's nothing that you can't do that God is in. Has to be God in it. Has to be God doing it. And stop speaking limitations over your life. Stop speaking limitations. It's amazing we have kids and we can't wait till they walk and talk and then we turn around and tell them to sit down and shut up. It's time to walk and talk. It's not time to sit down and shut up. It's time to work for the kingdom. I want you to, I want you to really pray about April the 4th, 5th, and 6th. I want you to take vacation. You say, well, I work hard for my vacation. I want you to be in Winston-Salem on the 4th, 5th, and 6th for, these, for this retreat. This is a pulse retreat. I want you to be there. I want you to, whatever you got to do that, to be there, I want you to be there. Because you're going to be involved as well as Winfield and Winston-Salem in this. And, and it, it's a three-day camp meeting. Who knows what God can do? Who knows what it will do? I understand if you don't have vacation for it, but if you do, God will reward you, and I want you to be there because it's going to be an awesome time. I'm excited 
for revival in Braxton County. I'm excited for revival in Putnam County. I'm excited for revival in Winston-Salem and Kanawha County and, and, and uh, in St. Albans with a tent meeting and what God wants to do. Jesus, I pray for the ministries that are, that are rising up in people. Things that are being birthed out of people that you're putting there. It's, it takes a seed, it takes conception, and then it's birth. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you that that prison that I got to see have the demonic chained up. And I will tell you this. The Lord told me there were more to come. More to come. The last thing in the world that you should ever do is let the devil dictate to you who you are. You tell him who you are. Whatever he does to you, you turn around and do it to him to where he can't stand it. God, we praise you. We worship you. We love you, Jesus. I don't want this altar call just to be any old, you know, 12 verses of just as I am. Man, if you've got a ministry that God wants you to do, get down here at this altar and start praying it forth. Start praying it forth. Start believing God for it. He told me one time, he said, he said, I'm just paraphrasing how he, how he told me this, but he said, if you're struggling in your finances now and where I want to take you, he said, you got to learn where it is now so that I could take you to where you're going. You know, if, if, we, if we can't believe God for $150,000 or two or $300,000 to pay everything off, there's bigger things. There's bigger things. If we can't believe it for here, John, there's bigger things. But I could get stuck right here with unbelief and never get here. I could get stuck right here and say, I can't get past this. This is as far as I could go. You are your limitations. You are your limitations. If you have ministries, if you have dreams and hopes of what God wants you to do, Man, I tell you what, it's more than punching a clock. Man, I tell you, if you punch a clock, that's great. And if God is blessing you with your business, that's wonderful. But let me tell you something. There are things outside of your 40-hour work week that you can do for the kingdom of God. Or you could be like me and get kicked out of the 40-hour work week. That's what happened to me. Bank boots me right out the door. Rumors despair. 
Never thought I'd be doing what I'm doing today. Thank you for walking this journey. Thank you for walking this journey. I want to walk the journey with you. You walk the journey with me. Let's walk it together. And let's see God do big things. Scott Means, come up here and let some men pray over you about this tent meeting that you're working on. And, and let some of the women pray over some of the, some, you all can come and pray women, men, and just lay hands on him and pray for him. Because God wants to do big things here. Come on down. I mean, you have a ministry that you want that you feel God's called you to do, bring it to the altar. And all the baggage with it. And stop saying you can't because you can. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. People pray over Mike. Mike's life is stagnant. He's not going anywhere. His life is stagnant right now. I mean, he, you know, he's not feeling good. He doesn't have any money. And, and, and I'm not trying to embarrass him. I'm telling you, he needs people to pray over him to see what God wants to do in his life. That's not the abundant life, church. Just looking for my coat now. I know where it's at. Begin to pray over. Pray heaven down. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against this tent meeting that's coming up. And, Father God, that the right people will be there to help him. Father God, not people with their own agenda, but people that have an agenda for God. Yes, Jesus, God. And we just thank you for the, for the, the one that was in Braxton County that's still going around the world through podcasts and, and through messages, God. And we just thank you for what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. And God, that you're blessing Scott's business, uh, Father, in a miraculous way to where he can go preach for six weeks or however long you've called him to do it. But God, I pray in Jesus' name that you make a way where there seems to be no way, that you bless his family. And Father God, the ones you want to be involved, and I pray you give Scott discernment. Give him discernment on, on who is to be with him and where that tent needs to go. And Father God, I pray protection upon him. Father, God, I pray over uh, foster children. You know, if that's what you want us to do, God, we'll do it. If not, we'll drop the idea. But, God, we just pray for your will to be done there. We pray for your will to be done. I pray for the businesses and, and the ministries that, that you're working with people over. God, that you're going to do big things. I pray over Winston-Salem. I pray over... Uh, Winfield, I pray for Gasaway. I pray for revival in all these campuses, God. I pray in Jesus' name for what you want to do. God, that nothing will hinder because we're in the promised land. We have the victory. We have the victory. Now take this prayer, if you don't mind, over to Mike and just really pray over him. Uh, pray over Mike. He's at the altar here with Sam. And just begin to pray over him. And Father God, we pray over we pray over Mike. Father God, I pray finances to come in. I pray for health to be restored. God, I pray for his health to be restored. Father, I pray for vision of ministry. God, that you want to do in him. Father, the abundant life. Not stagnation and not 
I can't do this, I can't do that. Father God, I pray in Jesus' name that you raise him up, raise him up, God. I pray obedience, God. I pray that you help him to hear from you. Give him discernment, God, on what to do. And what you want to, what you want to happen. Great things are ahead for you, Mike. I speak those things over to you right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I pray his whole family comes into the kingdom. I pray for his sister. I pray for his nephews and nieces. I pray, for God, for all the whole family that they come into the kingdom. And I glorify you and I praise you, God, for that. I thank you, God. Oh, I thank you, God, for what you're going to do. How you're going to move. I pray over Haley, Lord. I pray over uh, Gospel Quest. I pray over Lindsay and what Lindsay does uh, for this ministry, God. I pray over the radio station. I pray, God, Father God, that you bring in the finances for Grant and Adelie. Father, I pray you do big things with them, God. And I praise you, God. Everybody who does a show, Father God, on this, on this radio station, I pray that it has a sponsor. Bring in the sponsors, God. Bring in this, uh, the, the finances that these buildings will be paid off. I pray for uh, connect groups to start, visions to happen. I pray, God, that people will be saved through pickleball. People will be saved through softball. People will be saved because of revival. In the name of Jesus. It's not about a song and a scripture and getting out of here. It's about being obedient to you. Oh God, I pray. In the name of Jesus. I pray, Father God, that the van that you want Paul to have, God, I pray you bring it forth. And Father God, I thank you for what you're, what you're doing there. What you're doing and you're giving him discernment. And God, I glorify you and I praise you, God, for that. I pray over Bobby and Jennifer and I pray, God, for Cabe, and I pray, Father, for Cabe, I pray for, uh, uh, also, I pray for Olivia. I pray, God, for um, Christopher and Allie and their brand-new baby, and I pray for um, Jerry and Shirley and their family. I pray for uh, Bishop Robinette and the team from the Church of the Living God. What you're going to do there, God. I pray the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church in the name of Jesus. Pray for Winfield. I pray for Pastor Jay. I pray for Sam. I pray for their family. I pray, God, for what you're wanting to do there and what you are doing there. I pray that building paid off in Jesus' name. Help us to be obedient, God. Help us to know your voice. Help us to hear your voice when you speak. We worship you, Jesus. Above every name. Above every name. I pray for connect groups. I pray for John and Cynthia's connect group. Uh, God, and what you're doing there, I pray, God, that it continues to grow. People continue to get help. Their women's Bible study that happens every other week. God, what you're doing there. And, and how you're blessing that and, and using Connie, Father God, in that area. And God, I praise you and I thank you, God. How worthy you are. 
how you're wanting to move in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So faithful. Commands my 
You don't have to be in any hurry. Just bask in his presence. He's speaking to you about something. Be obedient to him. Thank you, Jesus. How worthy you are. How worthy you are. In Jesus' name. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you, Jesus, for your healing power on him. Thank you, Lord. No. Allergies be gone in Jesus' name. Allergic reactions be gone in Jesus' name. Totally healed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Worthy, worthy, worthy. You are free to go. I hear the kids coming. There they are. God's doing big things. If you want to play, hey, I'm looking for other places for pickleball. And uh, I just pray because I've contacted the armory the other day and they're not interested too much. And so I was thinking about another opportunity maybe in a building. So uh, just pray that we find a place. But because uh, we got a lot of people coming, there's like 15 coming, and so, but it's great, great time together, and we're real excited for what he's going to do. So, have a great day, everybody. Be blessed.